Hey, it's CityCast Houston. Thanks for calling. Leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. For a couple of weeks, we've been asking y'all to call our voicemail and tell us your very Houston love stories. Today, finally, we all get to hear them. Because it's Valentine's Day. It is Monday, February 14th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, I'm Kathy. My husband, Tom, and I are both native Houstonians. We met up at a meditation retreat. He was contemplating my navel instead of his at the Dominican Villa close to the Med Center. He espied me across a room, as he says, and our first date a week later was at Mockingbird Bistro. A little over a year later, he proposed to me on Valentine's Day at a Starbucks after having chickened out at Michelangelo's the night before. Alas, Mockingbird Bistro is gone, Michelangelo's is gone, but we still go to a Starbucks almost daily wherever we are and meditate twice daily. We'll have been married 13 years, best years of my life. Hi, my name is Charlie Burris. My wife Carol and I originally met in Ms. Gooderman's Algebra 2 class at Bel Air High School. But apparently I didn't make a really big impression on her, and I had to wait years for the next one. But we saw each other again at the 10-year high school reunion and hit it off way better this time. We found out we were both musicians. And a couple of weeks later, she came to hear my band play at the Last Concert Cafe's annual Watermelon Dance and Summer Social. A while later, I got to hear her band play on a New Year's Eve party, party on a boat that went out into Galveston Bay or, or Clear Lake or something like that. And she was singing with a jazz band. Oh my God, she was so beautiful on stage and she sounded so wonderful that I just proposed to her spontaneously between sets. And that was New Year's Eve 1989, over half our lives ago. And we're still together. Hi, this is Suzanne. And my Houston Valentine's Day love story is that my girlfriend and I had our first kiss at the Savannah Biological Station at the Houston Arboretum. Very cute, very good vibes, um, but it did occur to me rather immediately that they're doing a lot of biological monitoring out there and that we could have possibly just triggered the motion sensor on a game camera, which led me to an internal panic. Afterwards, I called my friend who works there and I was like, hey, do you have any um, like game cameras in this super specific region? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, uh, no reason. Um, thanks for asking. Uh, have a great day. Hi, this is Nicole Bergers, and this is my Houston love story. I was attending Hubcap Grill in the Heights, their anti-Yelp party. My now partner, Brendan, came up to me, and we started talking. We exchanged numbers, and he called me for our first date later that week. He famously says he picked up his favorite burger at the pickup window of Hubcap Grill. We will be celebrating our 10th burgerversary next month. Hi, this is Christine Holland, and this is my Houston love story. In 1982, I met Michael Holland at Buffalo Grill, the original location on Edlow. It was a first meeting for breakfast 
on a Sunday morning as a result of finding each other in a dating service. Michael was bouncing between law school at Texas Southern and jobs, and I was bouncing between UT, Sanger Harris in Dallas, and Foley's in Houston. We believe now that we had a divine appointment to meet and fall in love in Houston, but we kept missing each other until we finally got it right. This is Leia Lax. I called to leave my little story, and it goes like this. I live in a fundamentalist group in Houston, like in a bubble, and I lived among them for 30 years. So I never really knew my city. I met Susan, and on our first date, she showed me her Houston. We went to the Quaker church that has Houston's very first James Terrell Sky Space. A half hour before sunset, it's wonderful. They lower the lights, and they open up a framed space in the ceiling. You sit in the pew and just stare at the ceiling. You watch, you stare at this hole and watch an incredible procession of intense colors pass one after the other. And then they gradually fade to black and wonder that this happens every single day. When it was over an hour later, I whispered, magic. Well, it turned out that the last day she had brought there was pacing in the lobby and looking at her watch 15 minutes in. I guess I passed. We've been together, well, in April, it'll be 17 years. Hello, uh, this is Heidi Vaughn from Heidi Vaughn Fine Arts. I just wanted to leave you a message and tell you the story of a Houston couple who almost missed a great opportunity for love. My friend John Walker is a wonderfully creative rights graduate who's a designer and a builder. He was leaving town because he got a job opportunity in Park City, and I asked him how he felt about leaving Houston. He said his only regret was that he never dated Catherine Anspon. Catherine is a well-known and beloved art writer whose career began long ago with Meredith Long Gallery. You may know her as the editor of Paper City Magazine. I had to ask, does she know that? He said, oh, no, Catherine is the finest woman I've ever met. She would never be interested in a guy like me. I said, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Of course, I told Catherine, and she said, ah, I've always been in love with him. I just want you to know they were married a few weeks ago on January 28th at Matsoa on Main Street. Thank you for writing about love. Hey, this is Amy McGee. I am currently engaged to Anwar Alvi. He took me to the planetarium, and we both had masks on, and Tom Hanks was narrating Passport to the Universe. And all of a sudden, I felt very cozy and small in the universe and felt like taking a risk. And I looked at him and said, um, do you want to kiss me? And he nodded, and he had the same twinkle in his eyes I did. And so we kissed through the masks. And we had met um, in the middle of COVID. So I will never forget that kiss, listening to Tom Hanks talk about how big the universe is and how small we are all, and uh, we will be married in February of 2023. Hey, this is Tyler, and this is my Houston love story. I met my husband at Riches in July of 2016. My friend invited me out as I was about to take my Sunday nap, and he said, it's sing-along Sunday. I want to do karaoke. 
I said I would watch if he bought me a drink around six or so that day. But a guy walked up to me, uh, introduced himself, asked me if I wanted a drink. Uh, I said, sure. We had a drink. We talked. He asked me if he could kiss me at one point, and we did. We've been together, and we got married, and we've done a lot of cool things and been able to really enjoy um, the family we've made. Hi, my name is Michelle Mower, and I'm a filmmaker from Houston, Texas. And my Houston love story goes all the way back to 1991 when I was a student of the University of Houston. I was registering for college and met my husband while registering. This was back when you actually had to go to the college to register for your classes. A few weeks later, we went to Carabas for dinner, the Carabas on Kirby. Six months later, he uh, asked me to marry him, took me to the water wall and proposed in front of the water wall. And uh, in November of 92, we were married in Houston. So uh, we've been together almost 30 years now. This is Gwen Cerveta, and here is my Houston love story. I met my husband almost 20 years ago when we both worked at Marsh in the Wells Fargo building on Louisiana downtown. Then he went to AIG, and I went to John L. Wortham and Son in the same complex, and we got engaged. Then I joined him at AIG, and we got married. So I don't know if you all know this. There are a lot of married couples working in Houston's insurance companies besides us. My theory is that insurance is so boring, it makes your coworkers look extra sexy in comparison. Hi, this is Carol McDavid. I met my husband, Herman Kluge, at the original Murphy's Cafe in 1985 at Bissonet at Morningside. We met at the weekly folk night at the bar. I'm pretty sure that bartender William Keith introduced us, although it's just as possible that Herman popped himself down to me and just started talking. That cafe spawned countless friendships, relationships, marriages, and those same friends, plus those who radiated out from them like some giant family tree, have been an amazing source of support since Herman's death in 2018. Happy Valentine's, Herman. Hi, this is Simon Gonzalez. My wife, Katie, and I met at the Houston Arboretum and Nature Center back in 2000. At the time, I was a naturalist giving nature tours, and I had set up a tour with some wonderful bilingual kids from Wharton Elementary. Katie was a friendly, gorgeous, red-headed volunteer that I'd never met before until that day, and she was there to help me shepherd these kids on the tour. At one point during the tour, I excitedly pointed at the really alien-looking fungus that was just off the trail and encouraged the students to come and take a look for themselves. Before anyone got off the trail, Katie poked her head out from behind the kids and says, Is that a stinkhorn mushroom? And I just saw stars and hearts everywhere. I just wanted to drop down to one knee right there and then. Well, three years later, I did just that, and it was the best decision I've ever made. Hi, this is Amy Jen, and this is the love story of how I met my husband, Jake Goldstein, in May of 2007 during the Houston Art Car Parade festivities. Uh, Jake was living in San Francisco at the time and drove with his best friend to Houston in their art car, which was the Von Tiki, styled as a tiki bar. At the time, I was playing roller derby, and my roller derby team, the Machete Betties, had their own command car in the parade driven by Reverend Brian Taylor. My husband moved to Houston about three months later, and we got married. We've been married 13 years, 
And that's our Houston love story. Hello, my name is Peggy Sugay, and I have a special Houston love story. My brother called me from Hoboken, New Jersey, Thursday, May 8, 1986, and said he wanted to be married on the top floor of what was then called Transco Tower on Monday, May 12, 1986. He had proposed to my now sister-in-law on the Eiffel Tower, and he needed another tower to get married in. I was young and relatively new to Houston, but my boss was knew some folks at Hyde's Property Management. They agreed, provided it was low-key and quick. An office colleague knew a minister. I yellow-paged the limousine and restaurant and called around for the Texas marriage license requirements and location. We went to the Sky Lobby. It all took about five minutes. My husband and I got married in August of the same year, and all of us will celebrate 36 years of marriage in 2022, all of which started with very Houston love stories. Happy Valentine's. Hi, I'm Kim Ballesteros. Um, my Houston love story um, began 21 years ago when my husband and I met at Central Market. Um, he was the beer and wine manager, and I was the gift baskets manager. Our first date um, was beers at Little Woodrow's, tacos at La Tapatia on Richmond, and then a show at the Satellite Lounge. Our second date, which was a couple days later, started off with dinner at Nico Nico's, and then my husband tells me that he knew he loved me um, when he was sitting across from me in the lobby upstairs at River Oaks Theater, and I was reading the Houston Press. We were getting ready to go into our movie, and um, he's the best thing to ever happen to me, and I'm so, so glad I took that job at Central Market. Hi, it's Gretchen Lindquist. I met my husband when we were both singers in the Houston Symphony Chorus, on concert tour in Mexico City. We went out to dinner, and then we came back to the hotel, and we're sitting in the hotel lobby bar enjoying an after-dinner drink when the hotel lobby TV sets were broadcasting breaking news from Paris. Diana, the Princess of Wales, had just died in that awful car accident. By the strangest of coincidences, we were there to perform the Verdi Requiem, the Liberame from that requiem was sung at Diana's funeral. It is an amazing piece. Um, it is sung by soprano soloist and, and chorus, and the soprano starts it out. And then the chorus comes in and it continues. It's a wonder, wonderful piece. Anyway, not the most romantic musical association of our meeting, but um, here we are still together. Hi, my name is Carlin. And I'm Chris. And this is our Houston love story. So Carlin and I met at Rice University in 2018 when we were both seniors. Fast forward through the first dates through being at Rice. We graduated in 2019 and through a somewhat circuitous path. COVID, um, working remotely, all of that good stuff. We ended up living together in Montrose. Um, and in Montrose, we've gone on a lot of really cool dates. Yeah. One of the, our favorite things to do is to try and sample a, a new restaurant each week. And one of Carlin's favorite places is actually stand close to home at Rice. Uh, it's right in Rice Village. It's called Yo-Yo's. It's a, it's a hot dog stand, but he kind of puts his own, like, unique mix into the sauces and toppings he puts on them. Yeah, I think 
we, we love food. Houston has a great food scene, but I think one of our favorite non-food dates was actually going to see the Wabat Bridge, which is on the bayou on the corner of Wa and Allen Parkway. They've got a really beautiful scene every night at around sunset, a little bit after, I think. That was your favorite date, right, Chris? It was not my favorite day because <laughs> in recent years I've been attacked by a bat at a friend's place, so definitely still cool, but was not looking forward to actually go out of my way to see hundreds of thousands of bats fly yeah. right by. So he was a little scared of the bats. Not scared. <laughs> I was holding Carlin in my arm. But anyway, those are a few of the things that we've done since we've been in Houston and a little bit of background on us and our Houston love story. Thank you, guys. Hi, Lisa. This is Lonnie Martinez. Uh, I was calling with my story. When I was 39, I attended the University of St. Thomas to finish up my bachelor's. At the beginning of the semester, I was walking on campus when I saw the most amazing-looking fellow. He was tall and handsome. And he had clay smeared on his face, and he had a bone in his nose. And the way he was standing and talking with his girl audience, I thought, yeah, he's handsome and he knows it. And then later, a mutual uh, friend on campus introduced me to the guy, Eric Martinic of the Nose Bone. At the time, I was the assistant editor of the student-run newspaper, and Eric was the yearbook photographer. So our paths often cross. He still struck me as pretentious and rather assy, and apparently I struck him equally as such. So we didn't like each other at all. Eric graduated that spring of 94, and I didn't see him again until like a year later. Apparently he had gone to work at Star Pizza when it was located on Wa, and he was working as a delivery driver. Uh, meantime, I was still in school, but was bartending at Rockefeller's and uh, just across the street from Star. One night I ordered pizza and I looked up and I was really surprised to see Eric of the Bone Nose standing there with the pizza I had ordered. I wasn't real happy that he had my food and that I had to tip him. I told him next time to please send a different driver, so I never saw him again doing delivery to me. A few months later, though, the same friend who had introduced us brought Eric to a show at Rockefeller's. Well, I made sure that my friend and even Eric got good drinks, and I even comped them a couple of rounds. At the end of the night, Eric came up and paid the bill, but he paid the exact amount of his tab. And then he had the nerve to stick a folded $1 bill into my cleavage. Wow, I sneered. A week later, I needed to do a feature on the school's fall formal. I needed a photographer who knew everybody and was good, so I called Eric. Yeah, I saved his number. It was just a job, nothing else, and I had zero interest in this guy. Apparently, all the free, free-flowing liquor made him and me a lot more charming, and the evening didn't end up at all like I thought it would. The next thing I knew, we were dating and then moving into a house together within a four-month period. Our friends, though, were really skeptical about the relationship because when we became a couple, Eric was 23 and I was 40. On the second anniversary of first date, Eric proposed we had to choose between Home Depot or Warren's Inn for the wedding. Uh, Warren's Inn it was. 
uh, Donner Carolyn let us in on a Saturday and we packed the place and we're still the only wedding held there right next to the bus to Sam Houston. Eric died on May 4th after battling pancreatic cancer and then liver cancer for three years. We held his celebration of life at Rockefeller's with nightcaps at Warren's Inn, full circle. It's amazing how much time we put into disliking each other, but I don't feel it was wasted time. It made getting together even sweeter. We would have celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary last December. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Thanks to all of y'all for sending us your love stories. We really appreciate them. And now it is time for some news. I am here with producer Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what is going on? Lisa, I know you've probably been keeping up with everything that's going on over in the Ukraine as it intensifies this week and last week. Yeah. I've just been curious reading all the articles that I can about what ramifications a Ukraine invasion, what it would have on Texas or in Houston. And of course, oil markets seem to be a natural place where the economy can get disrupted. And so what happens to oil if Ukraine is invaded? What do people think? There was an oil associate in Houston that was quoted in Reuters that said, if an invasion appears to be imminent and you know that there will be retaliatory sanctions that will result in a disruption in natural gas and oil supplies, that's what he fears we are facing right now. That means the price of oil is likely to go even higher, that energy prices for natural gas and oil will shoot up even higher than they are already. That's that's exactly right. The International Energy Agency raised its 2022 demand forecast and expects global demand to expand by 3.2 million barrels a day this year, reaching an all-time record of 100.6 million barrels per day. Even as some of that Russian oil goes offline. Wow, this could be really scary. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Farrell. That is it for today's show. We have a lot of new listeners, and if y'all like what you're hearing, please give us nice ratings wherever you listen to your podcast. Those stars really help us find our people. We will be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye. Oh, I gotta say goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs>